Hello and welcome to the Empower Therapy and Coaching Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah, co-host with my husband Lee. Together we are partners in life, love and business. Each show we will share insights and host interviews on relationships, therapy, emotional coaching, addiction, self-actualization and personal growth. So settle in and enjoy the show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast. Today, myself and Ryan are going to be talking about our men's group. Um, this is something that we've started because we see a need for groups for men who probably didn't think they needed to be in a group or haven't done therapy, um, but for some reason felt like they were a little bit lost and something was missing from their life and they were looking for more connection. Uh, so, good morning, Ryan. Good morning. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. It's uh, exciting to be starting uh, starting my first podcast, and uh, yeah, this is a topic that's you know four or five months ago I wouldn't have had a clue about, and uh, you completely introduced me to the whole side of men's groups, and it's completely changed me, and uh, I'm really looking forward to talking about that today. Cool. So let's dive into that a bit. So, what what in the what in the first instance attracted you or convinced you to come and join my men's group? So it kind of came at a good time when you first invited me to the group. Um, it was back in, I believe, April, early April. And uh, we just had the news that the Olympics was going to be shifted back to the next year. And I kind of knew that I wanted to talk about it and to understand what I was feeling with it, but didn't really know who to go to. And when you sent that invite across, I immediately thought, this seems like perfect timing. And I wouldn't have been the only person in the world at that particular <laughs> point in time with everything going on in the last uh, few months but yeah when you sent it to me I thought I was a little bit nervous it seemed a bit different from anything I've tried in the past but I thought you know what like I really feel like I'm looking for a space where people will hear me like listen to what I have to say maybe give me a bit of guidance and um, from talking to you it seemed like the perfect thing to try so I was it kind of found me at a time when I was, I was probably subconsciously looking for it. Interesting. I'm, I'm curious, you know, for people to understand the difference between being friends and the men's group. So why don't you share your experience of, you know, how the men's group works, your participation in it, I say opposed to going to the pub and sharing a beer with a mate and, and what kind of difference there is between the two. So I'd say that the, the big key difference is that the men's group always has an objective within the week. Um, and that's not necessarily something really fixed, but everyone's there for a purpose, for a reason, and you're there to talk about a subject. Um, when you're down, down the pub with your friends or just out and about, you know, I've, I've fallen into all of the normal um, classic conversation types, you know, talking about sport, talking about... Um, the weather being in the yeah, UK we're, and we're everything. British, so yeah, so much talk about the weather. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like the the group really just kind of channels you into really getting to the the heart of what you want to 
discuss with people and it's all focused around sort of sharing experiences and not really you know you know that everyone else is in the same boat and they're not going to be judging you for it and it's that's a different experience because even when you're even with your trusted friends you don't feel like you can just pull out and say certain things because you, you don't exactly know how ready to receive it they are yeah i think that's a a wise and important distinction is that everybody always has some sort of agenda whether they realize it or not you know there's a subconscious agenda and it can be very hard for our friends when we bring up difficult topics because as you say they're not ready for it it's not the right environment for it um they might feel some um fear about discussing that topic because they might think oh is he going to ask me to discuss that topic is it you know is he going to talk about himself or am i going to be asked my views on this am i going to be asked my feelings on this i'm not yet ready to share and then also i think you know having those discussions with friends um you know one of the joys of the men's group for me is the container that we discuss and create at the beginning of it where we go over the rules and the boundaries and everybody's very clear about what's expected of them what's not expected of them you know the fact that and i think this is something that's important to share is the fact that you can pass at any time so you don't have to get you know you have the safety of passing at any time you don't have to share whatever the topic we're talking about that day um so yeah i think that's a, a good distinction to raise there ryan is a, is a difference between talking with your mates and then you know coming and actively engaging in a men's group um, i'm curious over the first few weeks how it was compared to what you expected it to be at the first week given that i just had the news of the games yeah and um I was desperate to share how I felt about it to try and I just kind of reached that point of processing it. I where, remember. You know, I'd had, yeah, I'd had it myself to deal with for a little while. I discussed it with my girlfriend. I discussed it with my parents, but I was at that point where I was like, okay, I need to start working through this. How does this actually affect me? Like what, what, um, what can I do to best move past this and actually make a positive of it and learn from it and everything like that. So I came into that first group, like wanting to share, I was, I was ready to go. And I must admit like the first couple of weeks, it was, everyone was kind of feeling it out. Uh, you can't expect everyone to join into one of these things and suddenly trust a load of people that they've never met before on a yeah. video chat, which is still, a little bit of an unfamiliar platform for so many of us yeah so coming on to it um i definitely sensed in the first couple of weeks that people were a little bit reluctant to to fully open up there was a few people um seemed like they might be holding something back and you could maybe see that um but yeah one of the one of the real things that struck me was how little time it did take for people to start understanding that environment that they were in um and and had the benefits that it could have and one by one people started sort of opening up sharing a bit more and the more one person shared the more another person felt confident to to bring their own story to something and it uh, it, it really developed quickly and by i would say by by week three i was like looking forward to it from a couple of days out every week thinking this is 
uh, like it's a really nice uh, place for me to go on on a Tuesday evening when when I'm not going anywhere else but my one bedroom flat during lockdown. So it, it really yeah, it became a, a, a highlight a funny, quite quick. <laughs> what a funny time to for for us all to come together and to do this. Uh, and obviously that was a big motivator for me. I could feel, I could sense friends reaching out to me, wanting support from me. Um, and you know that's okay. That's that's what I do. That's that's who I am. Um, I could also see the benefit having done men's groups myself in the past for years. I could see that that would be quite a powerful thing for a lot of guys and, and it would also kind of share the load and we would all be sharing together. And um, one of the things that always kind of fascinates and amazes me is how often people think their experience is unique to them and nobody else is going through that experience. And it's, you know, they're, they're talking about this experience like they're the the first person in the world that's ever had their heart broken or you know they're the first person in the world that's ever had disappointing news at work and then you know we sit and we talk in the group um, just like uh, you know yesterday's group when we were discussing um, our relationships with alcohol and you think the relationship that you have with it might be different from everybody else's and then we go around the group and there's three guys that have exactly the same relationship with alcohol that you do and you kind of the light bulb goes on I'm not alone in this and I think there's something very powerful in not being alone in the world, in, in your experiences in the world and other people having those same experiences as you. That's something I've noticed. I'm curious if, if you've had that same experience. I have. And to add an extra dynamic to, what, as, to it as well, I'm 24. I'm not the oldest in the group and I'm not the youngest. But having like there's a real breadth of people, different ages in the group. And that's not on purpose. It's not by accident. That's just the people that wanted to come forward to this. Like it's not pigeonholed. Men, men are all different ages. Exactly. So it's not pigeonholed to one specific type of person. It's, no. it's different people doing different jobs of different ages in different places. And I found it fascinating hearing the insight of some of the, the men in the group that have had a bit more life experience saying, like uh, especially talking about how they might have felt the exact same way as as I am in my position with a certain attitude on a certain topic but that that was natural and over time you might grow out of it and it, and you know you have those conversations with some people but to hear it from a group all reflecting on the same topic at the same time was a really interesting thing for a younger member like myself to hear so like, I, I think one thing I would sort of like to, to ask you would be like, who, who is the men's group for? Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting question, isn't it? Um, it's for any man, you know, like literally anybody who identifies themselves as male is welcome in our group. That, that's, that's how I see it, or welcome in the groups that we are creating. Um, my reason for wanting to do this um, initially was because, as I said, I could see people, you know, struggling a little bit, feeling some pain with the pandemic and, and, and struggling to know their place in the world right now and not knowing how to communicate that with each other. So kind of having that internal fight. And I knew that the power of a men's group would really help them, like just sharing that experience together. And then from that, I realized that there's just so many more men that need this experience. And 
you know, we have a culture for men, for boys, that we're not allowed to share our emotions. That's a bad thing. That's weak. That's effeminate. That's gay. All the slurs that, you know, that you hear. Um, and I probably would have shared myself as a young man. You know, I, 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 I you know, I potato, I can't say the word. I um, participated in that, um, you know, kind of toxic masculinity. And that, that, that kind of buzzword gets thrown around this toxic masculinity and, and it exists. And a lot of people don't really understand what it means. Um, and it's just this, this thing where we're told how we should be as a man. And yet that's not right. You know, it's, it's not healthy to ignore your emotions. Your emotions are just tools that tell you what is going on in the world. They're indicators to what you're feeling, to what you're thinking, what you need at that moment in time. And if we're told to ignore them, if we're told that we've got to be, you know, quiet and not show our emotions, we can't be too happy, we can't show anger because people get scared of it, we definitely mustn't show fear as men. Yet fear is just a tool, it's just, a, it's just an instinctual tool that tells you there's something that you need to think about here, you need to, to pay attention. So I guess I, I kind of see this need with men, men I speak to every day, who I think, wow, these guys need the support and love of other men. And, and that's healthy. And if you look back in history, men used to sit in circles and have been sitting in circles for thousands of years. They would go and hunt, they'd sit in circles, they'd the talk, campfire, tell stories. The campfire. It, it, exactly. You know, that is, that is what men did. And we've lost that in the modern world. We, we don't have that. Families work differently. We don't tend to live as close to each other. So we've lost that generational um, connection that we have. And it's just much harder for men to find men to share their stories with. And, and you think about what we do now. You think about our role models as men. Our role models are, you know, TV stars who often have no idea how they've got there and, and don't have the emotional intelligence and growth that we would want in our role models. They're sports stars that are getting paid exorbitant you know, amounts of money, which, which unbalances their lives. And young men are looking at these guys and saying, well, this is who I want to be. And often these images are very unhealthy for them. So you know, my want in the world as a man is I want to share what it's about to be a man in a healthy way rather than what I see as these negative role models and stereotypes. Um, and, and I want to do that for men that probably aren't sure about that. You know, they know that something's missing, like, like you described. Yeah. You, you, you knew you were unhappy, but you didn't know how to go about it. And, you know, I, I'd say if you read our testimonials on our website, website a lot of the guys who join our groups probably wouldn't go to therapy they wouldn't think of that as an option yeah um uh, but they know that something's missing you know they're, they're not happy they're not fulfilled in life and they don't know why and they know that something's missing but you know we're men we don't do therapy men don't do therapy men don't share their feelings that's for women so yeah. you know that's what we get told so this gives guys this environment to come together in, you know, what I like to call a safe container. You know, we make promises. You know, one of the rules is what, what's said in the group stays in the group. And we don't even share that individually. So like, you know, when me and you are speaking, we won't speak about 
what one of the other men spoke about in the group. That's that's the rule, you know, unless they've given us permission to, or unless they've enjoyed, you know, they've joined in that conversation outside. So what happens in the group stays in the group. And once you set that container up, once guys know that there's a place where probably for the, I mean, have you ever shared stuff like you shared in the group before with anyone else? No, um, I'd say, well, perhaps with an individual, but I've never, I've never shared it. I never felt like I've had any kind of environment where I had what seems like an audience to, yeah. to actually entertain that kind of thing. Um, I'd say, yeah, it, it, I, a lot of what you just said rang true with me, with, with my thinking towards it. Like I'd gone the whole winter, I'd not really spoken to my psychologist um, at, at British Cycling. Um, I, I kind of, the way I looked at it was, the, the shift of the Olympics to the next year meant that I couldn't keep bottling all these things up and I couldn't, I couldn't sort of let them happen later on. I can deal with that later. I can sort that out at another time. And I'm just so, going to stop you there because yeah. that's such a male trait. Yeah. You know, we see that so often with men. It's, I'm just going to put that in a little compartment and I'm going to deal with that later. Yeah. Um, you know that is that's men that's men yeah, just lock it up in a box and like <laughs> it's you know it's like, like in this little box i'm going to deal with that shit later and you know what why do you know why do men get ulcers why do men get heart attacks at 50 why is the one of the fastest if not the fastest growing area of suicides middle-aged men because they've spent their lives putting all this stuff in little boxes and then suddenly the boxes get so heavy, they get crushed by them. Um, so yeah, I, so I found, on. so I found that, and this was a, a sentiment shared by a lot of the group that by saying something, I was making it real yeah. and I was acknowledging the fact that it existed. And I had this stupid mechanism going in my head that if I didn't say it and I just kept it to myself and like, <laughs> and as I said, locked it away and put it to the side until afterwards, because that's a big can of worms I don't want to touch, then I'd be fine. But immediately after I started actually voicing some of the things and putting into words some of the things that I'd been feeling, the, the doubts I'd been having, the, the stuff I'd been working through, I felt better. I felt this big relief. And one of the real things I notice every week on, on the group is you have a check-in and a check-out. So, so, so let's stop you there. So why yeah. don't you explain the process of the group a little bit so you know, the listeners get an idea of what we actually do. Sure. So we start the group off with a check-in. So we actually ask everybody in the group to go around and say how they're feeling right at that moment. And this is, this is something that in the first few weeks is actually really hard to do. Uh, we're, we're terrible on the whole at actually accessing our feelings because for so long we've been trying to put them away. Like it's like playing a game of whack-a-mole, you know, that comes up, like hit that down before, <laughs> before like it causes a problem. Uh, or makes me do makes me do something that I will regret or something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we we sit there in the beginning in our feelings and we figure out, you know, like 
what are you actually feeling right in that moment right now and then you might go on to explain a little bit about what's happened in in your week like you know where where you are and give a bit of background to to why that might be and we go around in the group and everyone everyone tells their story and then says i'm in and then we'll go into a, a and that's the important matter. thing isn't it that um that commitment of i'm in immediately you're in the group and you know that you know there's eight ten twelve other guys that are saying i see you i'm yeah. here to listen to you just those two words i'm in are incredibly powerful because at first i'm not gonna lie i was like well this is a bit you know, you're joining in. It sounds a bit culty, you know, you're joining in and saying, oh, I'm in and like, I'm going to go along. But like, as, as the weeks went on, I sort of understood the value in it. And it's that, it's that commitment you're making to the other guys. It's like, exactly. for an hour and a half, you have my attention, yes. my undivided attention. Yeah. And I want to pay you the, the respect that I wish to be paid back myself when I'm speaking. So, so then what comes up after we've done the check-in? What's next? So following on from the check-in, um, we'll, we'll go through a, a subject or a topic for each week, which may, it could be a variety of different things. So it could be from a way that we could apply a method that, along the lines of psychology or uh, behavior to our lives and how that might impact our relationships it could be something as nuanced as your relationship with your father or your relationship with uh, alcohol or something like that uh, we had a particularly interesting one talking about social media yeah so that i think we're going to need to visit again because that was yeah. such a powerful topic an interesting topic yeah like who would know that everybody has such strong opinions on it and most of them aren't positive, but they realize that they're stuck in this, this, this web of it almost. But that middle section is, is where you, you get into your topic for the week. And, you know, it might sound like it starts out with something that is just an idea or a, a small topic, but the conversation that stems from that is what really builds the group and builds the rapport is that everyone has a different relationship with it you actually might share a lot more in common with people than you'd expect. And, and also people have some, you know, some really different ideas. Hmm. You know, so although I facilitate the group and, you know, I, I come to the group or, you know, or you, you, with your group, you come to the group with these topics, with these subjects, with these concepts that we want to delve into, there's always wisdom in the group. It's, it's not on me or you yeah, to know yeah. everything. You know, we're, we're the guides and we're providing a pathway, but there's always this massive wisdom in the group that I'm, I'm impressed with every week. You know, somebody will say something or somebody will share something or somebody will offer something to another man where I'm like, ah, oh, I hadn't thought about that. You know, you did last week when you, when you offered to one of the guys uh, some advice on, on how to communicate something with their partner and, and talk about owning their story rather than saying, you know, this is what you're doing. It's like the story I am, I am experiencing or the story I'm telling myself is. Um, and those little gems just make so much difference. You, know, you get 10 men in a room, you're going to get a lot of good ideas. You're going to get a lot of, uh, you know, real sharing and knowledge and emotion and permission to have emotion that they're feeling. 
So let's just wrap up kind of how the how the group works and finish that, and then we'll do, delve a bit more into emotions and stuff. So we have the subject for the week. Um, you know, as our you know, as the facilitators, our job is to is to kind of push a little bit and to kind of delve into what's going on. And, and what you said there, the first few weeks, as I'm, as I'm building the rapport, I let people tell their stories. And then what happens after the first few weeks? What, what did you see me do differently after the first couple of weeks? Uh, after the first couple of weeks, you started to challenge a bit more people to, to actually start delving into what they're saying. Um, where in it are they perceiving something? Where in it is the reality, how could they potentially see it from a different perspective? Um, and basically to help them form a better understanding of, of how they're reacting to certain things. And people became much better at that accessing their feelings as it went on. You could actually see the struggle in some people at the beginning. You know, people looking up, like trying to to think, to think what it is feelings. yeah really trying to think about what they're feeling and that's not it at all so you know one of the to to continue with the the thing we we, we finish off with a, a checkout at the end and it's remarkable the the difference between the check-in and checkout like everyone comes into it with maybe baggage. some baggage from the week yeah stuff to unpack and they they might have they might have had a chance to talk about that in a lot of detail, or maybe they didn't want to talk about that, but they they were talking about the subject and just being able to to share experiences with other people in that open manner that the group offers that has offered them some outlet. And I would I would say nobody in the group has felt worse in the checkout than they have in the check in. And that was something that stood out to me from the beginning. You might be reflective from a, a tough subject matter that we might have tackled, but I don't think anyone specifically said, oh, like, yeah, that's really got me down or anything like that. They've just gone, yeah, I've got some stuff to, to think about and work through from, from that. And if they say that, that means that the groups helped them because that means yeah. that from that point on, they're, you know, it might have triggered them to, to be reflective about something and, and find out where that's coming from or how they, can, how they can be better in some way. Yeah, I mean, you know, my, my aim as a facilitator, um, or our aim as a facilitator, you know, same with your group is, we're there to provide the experiences to allow men to understand themselves better, to find community and connection with other men, to realize that emotions are just another bit of evidence. They're just more information, you know, that um, we have such a, a disdain in our society for anger and sadness and fear, you know. So, so we have one emotion that's acceptable and that's joy. And even that isn't acceptable to a lot of people. It's you know, funny, like people said, when you listed out happiness, sadness, Joy, uh, sorry, joy, sadness, fear, and anger. People are like so. There's only one of them that's good. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and how all, it, it's that's how you're told to categorize it. And yeah, it's all information. You know, you you, you got to be happy the whole time, and and you are happy the whole time. You shouldn't be because we face challenges in our everyday life, big and small, and we get a fleeting bit of emotion that goes with that 
challenge or that information that's coming in and that emotion is just telling us something that's it it's just telling us something yeah you know anger could be like hey i need to go in a different direction here and that's it that's all it is yeah and you know if you don't allow yourself to feel those things if you don't get in touch with that and you know hey I, I, you know some people might be listening to this and going oh that's a bit woo wooey for me you know i'm 200 pounds, six foot two. I've done aggressive sports my whole life. Um, you know, uh, would you describe me as a wooey, wooey person? No. no. That's yeah, kinda, you, that is as well. That's part of what made me comfortable about doing this. It was partly that, you know, if like I've, we've worked together for so many years and I know the exact kind of person that you are and I completely understood the angle you, you were coming at this from. And yeah. yeah, people are afraid of that. That kind of talking about your feelings is is a scary thing and that it's kind of just something that, you know, they've been maybe accustomed to just attributing to certain types of people. But that's so not that, that's, just that's for women or that's effeminate or, you know, like real men don't behave like that. You know, you think of the the Hollywood stereotypes of your John Wayne that doesn't say very much and is very stoic and, you know, that's not real. That's not what men are and that's not what men do. You know, you actually look at real men in action. You know, you think about, you know, sportsmen, you think about Chris Hoy crying on the podium after he's won his sixth Olympic gold medal. You know, that's what real men do. They feel emotions. That's, that's what we, that's, we're designed to do that. And when we don't do that is when we have lots of emotional, um, you know, physical and psychological problems, because it's just, it's just, as you said earlier, you know, a feeling is the same as touching something. It's just more information for us to harness, to move through our world. It's just information. Our body's just telling us something by feeling it. And unfortunately we've been, you know, from children trained out of feeling stuff. Um, You know, it's, yeah, the one that the one that makes me chuckle is telling another guy you love him. Well, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed it. I've done it a few times on the group where I say I love yeah. you guys. Yeah. And, and you know, even the guys in the group are just a bit like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> why can't men tell men they love them? You know, why does it have to have a a sexual connotation to it? You know, women tell each other they love each other all the time. I mean, Christ, women, you know allowed to yeah i mean they there's definitely lots of problems that women face in this world too uh one thing they they seem to be better than us is forming communities and supporting those communities and sharing what's going on for them and that's just not seen as the way men do things you know i think about you know i told you guys i've been searching for this relationship with men all my life like i want relationships with men where I feel kind of emotionally held by them. I'm able to come there and share my stuff and I walk away from it and go, I was heard today. Yeah. And you know, there's so much your female partner or, you know, your male partner, if you're gay can do for you. There's so much your romantic partners can do, but there's something different about having this group of men that are sharing the same experiences that you are on the whole or or different experiences or the same experience from a different perspective. um there's just so much joy and power in that for me yeah and there's something to be said as well for having that as part of your relationship so you know you can have a laugh with someone but you can also access that side to a relationship that most people either don't or 
they might have that relationship with one person and that's all their relationship with that person is. So being able Actually, that's to... A, that's a really in, important thing you've picked up on there. Yeah. The expectation that our romantic partner fulfills all of these needs for us. Yeah. Which is ridiculous when you really think about it. You know, um, Esther Perel, psychologist, talks about this a lot, that, you know, if we're expecting our romantic partner to be our lover, our best friend, our confidant, our emotional guide, um, you know, our, our, you know, kind of therapist, and we're expecting this one person to hold all of these different roles, you know, that a person we go and play with, that a person we have serious conversations with. It's impossible for one person to have that. You know, my wife can't provide all of that for me, nor, nor would or should I expect her to. No. And that's the great thing about this men's group is it provides things, allow you to go and be a better partner because then you don't expect your partner to have to do all of these things. Yeah. Like you, you hear a lot of guys say how they can't process or help their partner with their problems. Like that, you know, they're, they're overwhelmed by it or they can't, you know, they feel scared when some of their partner opens up to them. Yeah. And you're thinking, yeah, like you, maybe that's the case, but it could be the other way around as well. And you're expecting that partner to be that personality type that can handle absolutely everything you throw at them. Whereas having a group of eight guys to well, eight to 10 other guys to actually speak to about your experiences each one of them might have something valuable to bring to that. And it completely changes your, your approach, your dynamic. You have so much more space for your relationship. If you can share that around some other people who you know you can trust. And yeah, it just offers you that, that extra freedom then that you're not completely reliant on someone. And like I was listening to a, a, a great podcast the other day. Um, and they were talking about you know, codependent relationships against, uh, is it co-independent? Where you're both striving to be better independently and yeah. you have methods of, of helping that happen rather than relying on each other for absolutely everything. Yeah. And um, a, a lot of relationships are co-dependent where you're yeah. looking for your partner to fulfill a need for you. Yeah. So being able to, you know, use this as something to help yourself become more independently, well, develop yourself as a person more independently from your partner is a, is a great thing. Like Sinead turned around to me about two months in to doing the men's group and said to me, wow, considering the Olympics has been moved and all the things that you've been through in the last few months, you actually seem like you're in a better place than you have been in years. <laughs> and I, I was like shocked. I was like, well, I have been trying, <laughs> but, but it didn't just happen by itself. Like this was the one big change that, that I made in that time. Uh, I actually started reaching out. You know, as you picked up on that, it's a personal investment. You know, it's like anything. It's like physical training. It's like, you know, reading self-help books. If you come to it, the attitude of, I'm going to get something out of this and I'm going to put my effort into this. And, you know, we have homework every week. So, you know, you get to, you get to choose to do the homework or not. 
Uh, if you don't do the homework, you're missing out on something, though. And, and you know, it's not like school. I'm not going to grade you for not doing your homework. You're adults. You get your choice to whether you want to do it or not. Uh, like most things in life, what you put into it is what you get out of it. And, you know, you put a lot into it. As you said, it came at a good time for you. And then you put effort into, you know, each week being a participant, being there for the other men and, sh- and being vulnerable and sharing your own story. I mean, you know, a weakness of mine has been being able to be vulnerable um, because I don't think I trusted people with my vulnerability and probably more than that, I didn't want to look weak. You know, I had conditioning from an early age that it, men can't be weak. You just can't be vulnerable because it's weak. And now I see the very opposite. You know, like when men share stories in a group and they get vulnerable, I'm incredibly impressed by their bravery. I'm like, it's moving. Yeah. I want to be like that. You know, it's like, yeah. wow, this is this is how men move through the world, and this is this is what we should be sharing with our sons and our brothers and our friends. It's like, hey. I can talk about my stuff and it's okay for me to talk about my stuff. Um, yeah. And it's just but, finding that place that you can do it. So for a lot of us, it's difficult because we don't have that place. Yeah. Know, even when you get vulnerable with your romantic partner, it's difficult because they have a conception of what they need you to be. You know, I've been in relationships where, uh, you know, I broke my shoulder. I was dating a girl and she couldn't see me as vulnerable. You know, suddenly I was the vulnerable one. You know, usually it was the other way around. You know, she was a vulnerable one. I supported her. And now suddenly I've broken my shoulder. I can't move it. Uh, you know, life is different for a yeah. while. And she she didn't know how to handle that at all. It's so crazy. Think, we we also, we misjudge sometimes who that we, we can be vulnerable around. And it's oh, those sure. periods in, in the past who whom we have misjudged that about where it's come back to backfire against us or it, yeah. like it might have either changed someone's perception of you or um, they couldn't handle it and or they they even in, in worst cases they've used it against you in some way in the future yeah. and yeah we always we have to be careful of that unfortunately don't we yeah. because um, you know not everybody has honorable intentions you know and that's no. one of the great things about you know, being part of this group is you agreeing to that at the beginning. And, you know, not that I've seen it yet. And I've been in men's groups for years. Uh, you know, I know, though, if anybody broke those agreements, they're gone. Yeah. They well, that's be. laid out in the boundaries in the first, you know, in the first group. Like, yeah, you're when you're that. saying that you're agreeing with those boundaries, you're, you're making that commitment. And that's yeah. a commitment to nine other guys who are also making the same commitment to you. And that's incredibly powerful because we don't is. do that in our normal lives. You know, no. you don't start the conversation with, right, you know, I'm going to get vulnerable today and we're going to commit that, you know, we're not going to talk about this to anybody else. And even when you do do that, you know, I'm sure we've all experienced where you've, you know, you've, you've had a conversation with somebody thinking it's going to be private and then they tell somebody else. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and how that affects you and, and, you know, your trust for them, your trust for just other people is immediately affected by that. Um, so yeah, I'm always impressed by how powerful that container is and what it allows you to do. Um, and I want to explore for you, Ryan, how, how do you feel having that place where you can share? Like, how did that feel for you? You know, was it surprising to you? You know, kind of how did that evolve over the weeks and, and what's that meant to you? Uh, I'd say that the first 
couple of weeks, uh, I, I, as I said to you before, I was ready to go. Like I was like, I had quite a lot bottled up. I got some stuff here. <laughs> yeah, I had quite a lot bottled up. That I wanted to to chat about, and you know, I'm I, I'm guilty of it. I wasn't once I actually got into the group. I struggled initially to actually feel comfortable sharing that. I was like, Am I? Would I be oversharing if I said this? Am I? Is that going too far at the moment, or anything else like that? As time's gone on, that problem's vanished. And there's no I, such thing as oversharing. No, there's not. There is a thing. There's you know, not. Like if, if, if you're in a circle that trusts you, we can talk about anything. Yeah. And, you know, we've only had a couple of incidents of it so far, but we have a process that if you're sharing triggers something in somebody else, we can deal with that, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, there, there is a process for judgments that other men have, and we can deal with that and we can bring that because there's learning for everybody in that. You know, if something triggers you or you have judgments about another guy, we bring that forwards and we all work on that. Yeah, it's out in the open. It, it's confronted at the moment, at the time. And it's done so in a way that's respectful on both ends. Yeah. And it's never come out to a point where any harm has come of it. If anything, I think the group then it just reinforces the boundaries yeah. that we've set as a group. But the big thing I noticed was... Like I would start picking up throughout the week moments where I was like either, oh yeah, that came up in the group the week before and now that makes sense to me and, and I can figure that out. Or I started getting this thing like two to three days before the group each week, I'd be like looking at which day it is on the calendar because like, let's be honest, we had no day idea what day of the week was what at one point this year. So I'd look at what date is on the calendar and go, oh man, like I've, I've still got three days to wait before I can, I can say this in the group. Um, and over time, I actually got better at just reaching out to people when that happened anyway. Um, I've made some really good contacts in the group that I feel like I can trust. And, um, but yeah, like that, that kind of, the men's group became one of the highlights of my week and one of the things that I started to look forward to because that space that it provided was... Well, how often do you I, get to speak your, I don't know, your truth, for want of a better word, yeah. in front of people who are actively listening to you and their entire intent is to hear you? Yeah. No... There's no agenda. They're not trying to convince you to think differently or to feel differently. You know, as much as our romantic partners and our friends, you know, think they don't do that, they do because they have an agenda too. You know, they want you to be a certain person. They want you to behave a certain way because it makes life more comfortable for them. And now suddenly you've got this audience and the only, the only thing that audience wants is to see the real you and you get to be able to just share yourself. It's, we never get it. You know, we, it's, it's incredibly rare. It was such a, an, a relief as, as, yeah. as the thing that came over me after the first, the first really like, big session where I was able to share things properly or felt like I was able to share things properly, which was probably only the third week. Like, it was such a relief start coming over me each week. You know, you'd, you'd either, you'd hear someone else's anecdote or experience in in that same area and you'd be you'd be reassured that 
you, you know you're not alone in it or you might you don't you're not a freak you're not alone. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah that you know a lot of people have dealt with the same things but it, it could also be that you've just said it you've actually had a space to say it because i don't know how many conversations you can go into on a normal day-to-day basis where you you don't have to like hold yourself back in some way um and like you're always worried course. about the other or, or, or conscious if worried isn't the right word of the other person's reaction to what you're saying um you know mm-hmm. often i find in conversations somebody's trying to win the conversation you know they're trying to get you to their viewpoint or they're trying to share information with you so that you agree with them and that's one of the things i love about the men's group is we don't have to agree you know there, there's yeah. no it's it's not about making a consensus we can share stuff and it can be conflicting and it can be true for me and it can be true for them and we can have you know opposing views that are true for both of us and that's respected held honored and, and we just get to share our stories yeah we need to go back to um something you said earlier and, and then kind sure. of how it ties into now about when you said the relief you felt yeah. sharing stuff in the men's group and then going back to right you know right at the very beginning of this conversation where we talked about how we put things in little boxes and stack them up in the back of our brain and it's like okay not going to touch that subject yeah just how different you feel by reaching back grabbing that box out and going hey here you go here's this box i've been saving up for a little while and just it's, the emotional relief you know literally yeah. you you feel like a i mean it's a cliche but it's a cliche for a reason you feel like a weight has been lifted suddenly you are lighter yeah it was partly that and it was partly the best way i could describe it is it felt like every box that i locked up and put further back in my head was like i was adding to this feedback in my head this constant thinking and and i had such a preoccupied nature because it was, it was like everything was being stored in there. And when I was trying to be present in a situation, I was having to kind of wade through the, the things that I've stored in my head and are blocking me from enjoying something. Like I, I went on holiday after the Worlds um, to, to Malta. And I remember a few situations out there where I was like, you know, I was, I was definitely denying a few things in my head at the time and, and, and pushing them back as I was. You know, it was starting to become imminent and worries about coronavirus and the impact that it would have on everything unfolding later this year. And, you know, I worried about my grandparents, everything like that. And, uh, yeah, like it, I felt like I couldn't be present in the moment because I had bottled so much up and didn't want yeah. to tell anyone that Starts it was kind of like isn't it? it was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. But I didn't want to say it. It was like it had to come out. So it came out in ways I didn't want it to. And yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't be present in the moment and enjoy where I was or anything else like that because I was so full of thoughts. And coming into the group, I didn't just go blah and just let everything out. I, it did come out gradually from me. But even though I, ha- I haven't dealt with everything, and I don't think he ever will, but being able to talk through a few things and get a few things off your chest and you know hear a few words of wisdom from some other people just like it's like that feedback in my head cleared and I could 
go into my girlfriend and and have dinner with her and be completely present without yeah. sitting there daydreaming about all the things that that are worrying me because you know like I, I've I've dealt with it in some way or another by getting yeah. it out just, there just, just by exactly just by uh, you know acknowledging it speaking it aloud yeah suddenly there's a big difference i'm curious about um your experience with the topics that we have because people might kind of think you know what are these topics what, what do we talk about you know how is it and and how those topics have started to play out in your life so we've had a, a few interesting ones um we talked about uh the shadow in one of them which is the thing thing you say it's a thing about yourself that you least like and you know that kind of comes out in you that you wish didn't. And uh, yeah, like many athletes, like insecurity is something that, that I identified. And, you know, it's not something that's nice to acknowledge because the shadow is something that's always hard for you to confront. But the fact that we in, in the group were all being so open and honest about what, what we thought in that way I was able to well, it share. It was interesting, wasn't it? Because the guy, you know, yeah. I don't think anybody actually knew what their shadow was no. at the beginning. And then we did a process, you know, I kind of encouraged you and, and, and we were at a point where men were trusting enough for us to really kind of push and like, okay, let's get to the, end, you know, let's get to what it is. And then by the end of the session, everyone's like, okay, my shit, you know, I'll own mine. So my shadow is not feeling good enough. You know, I'm yeah. not enough. I, I, well, and, that and was then, mine as well, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then how that plays out is, you know, I sometimes have to, you know, control things and, uh, and you know, try to win arguments and discussions to show that I'm clever enough because I want to be seen as being clever because I don't feel clever enough. So that's how that shadow then plays out and spills out into my life. So that, yeah, was, that was me. A great session. Yeah, like I took that away. I wrote down a list of four things, I think, hmm. And I read them out to you and you said, so does that all boil down to this? Yeah. That's the sort of thing that, that the group leader might do. They'll help you to channel your, your, your spitballing thoughts into something a bit more concise. Yeah. And as soon as I hit that with you, I was like, wow, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's what's like at the root of a lot of these things. Yeah. You can start to think, where did that come from? You can start to think when you're feeling a certain way, when you're feeling a certain way in your in in your week, uh, in a situation or in a conversation or anything, you can start to kind of relate it back, and you can see when your shadow comes up. So I was able to take that idea, triggers, doesn't it? You know, you, yeah, you get triggered, and and you know we don't know why we're getting triggered, so we don't know why something suddenly makes us feel sad or angry or afraid until you start to understand yourself and then as you get this personal growth and more understanding then you can start noting it and you go ah okay that, that's that's my shadow's in play now i see what's yeah. happening i'd say uh, it, and like just even topics, noting it is so powerful the topics we do the the biggest change they've made for me throughout the week is because you, you most of what you learn in the group you're trying to carry with you through the week practice or understand or notice something throughout the week to change. I've just become a lot more self-aware of my own behavior. Like it, it's not something that I'm ever going to master, but like, like right at the, the moment where it feels it. Why, why can't you master it? Oh, well, I, I don't know. I feel like there's always space for growth, but there's always space for growth, but that doesn't mean you can't master it too. Yeah. I think there's this concept 
Uh, yeah, so here we go. I'm going to give Ryan a bit of coaching now. There's this concept <laughs> that, um, you know, think, you have to get to this end goal. Like, like, you know, it has to be perfect for you to have mastered it. You know, you've mastered the stand-in start and the man one position. You know, you've been the fastest guy on average for the last, I don't know, 18 months or something, pretty much, in the world. Now, I know that I'll say that to you and your response will be, oh, I could get a little bit more out of that lap. And, oh, if I could just do my best quarter with my best second half of the first half of the lap and then if I could just give my best delivery and then you know maybe there's a there's a 16-8 something in there right of course there's always these little improvements that we can do but that doesn't mean you haven't mastered it because you have you've mastered it you are at the top of your game and we might be able to squeak a little bit more out of it but you really are at the top of your game and I think that's the same for us as men and humans we get to a level of mastery where we're seeing what's going on in the world around us with our yeah. friends and colleagues and you know people we're interacting with, our partners. And then we also are able to see the stuff in ourselves with real clarity and honesty. That doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. That doesn't mean you're not going to lash out in anger at some point because you, know, you, you don't pick up on it quite in time and figure out what's going on. You are a human being who will make mistakes. You, you listen to... Yeah. So, you know, we both like Jim Dethmer from the Conscious Leadership Group. Um, you listen to him. He's still making loads of mistakes, you know. He's aware like of them. But he's yeah. aware of them. And then usually what you can do is you can own up to him. You say, hey, you know what? When I said that, I said that because I felt afraid. And I'm going to own that I felt afraid there. And you know what? I want to look at that and I want to explore that with you. And that's, that's where the power is. It's not in getting to this place where you never make mistakes. It's in getting to this place when you realize them, you own them, and you can discuss them with people. You know, me and my wife have a fairly evolved relationship. She's a therapist, and she's a bloody good therapist. <laughs> you know, and I'm a pretty self-aware guy that's been on this journey for, you know, I started having therapy in my mid-20s, I think. So you're talking over 20 years of doing this work. And we still have ridiculous arguments. Mm. But the difference is we come back and we say to each other, hey, you know what, when I said that, that wasn't really what I meant, you know, and I did it because I felt afraid that, you know, you were going to do this and, you know, I was lashing out and there's reasons behind it that we own and we acknowledge. And then that makes our relationship closer rather than a lot of people go through the world. They have those arguments, but they don't know how to repair them afterwards. Yeah. They don't know why they've happened and then they don't have the skill set to repair them. So you know, part of my want with these men's groups is, you know, we get guys in, they come and experience this work, they become better fathers, they become better, you know, husbands, they become better boyfriends, they become better colleagues at work. They're not, you know, your stuff isn't going to just suddenly disappear. Like the conditioning from childhood, from school, from parents, from friends, that doesn't change. That's done. Yeah. You can't change it. But you're the way that you experience the world can change and the way you react to the world can change. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 you're a bloody smart guy. You know, at 24, you're already ahead of where I was at 24. So, of course... I still wish I'd found it sooner. I, I don't Even think you can not wish you'd found this yeah. sooner. However Even at 24, yeah. I'm thinking, man, like I could have done with this four years ago or yeah. even earlier. Like, you know, you when you're in your late teens, early twenties, like 
hearing some of the wisdom that some of the the older guys in the group are able to bring to the table would have been a massive help um you're not really yeah you you've grown up and you're expected to grow up suddenly in those years and your brain's not really ready for it yet and you you make a lot of a lot of mistakes that you learn from but you also yeah like being able to just compare with with other people like that would have been what people did going back hundreds of years like the younger ones would have sat with the mentors by the campfire you don't get that now so there would have been an initiation ceremony which is something we're really missing in society now so it's very hard for us to you know differentiate as people ourselves the difference between being a boy and a girl and a man and a woman you know there would have been ceremonies for that you know when a woman first had a period there would have been a ceremony in tribal times she would have been excited you know she would have invited now in with the women instead of with the children you know when when a boy hit puberty he would have gone and done you know like uh, the aborigines i think it's called the vision quest where they go into the to the uh I don't know the right term is it the jungle there or whatever you want to call the it, bush, you know, wouldn't it the bush thank you yeah. so they go into the bush for you know 48 hours 72 hours and they have to hunt for themselves and have to look after themselves and they come out of that experience they're now a man yeah. they don't really have those rites of passage anymore which, which are quite important for us to emotionally take the leap from being a child to an adult and also it's it's an important part and we see this now with people staying at home so much longer than they used to you know, it would be the way to break away and differentiate yourself from your parents. And we don't have that now. It's much harder for people to differentiate themselves from their parents, which is a really important part of our emotional development. So, yeah, yeah I agree. You know, um, you know, and I think this is one of the things we'll look at is some, some groups for younger men as well, where we're kind of giving them that space with some older mentors to kind of come and share and, and start that journey sooner. I think that's a great idea and something yeah, that we'll look to incorporate in the future once we've got these kind of uh, more mature groups up and running. Um, the other, you know, I, um, I do it with the guys I coach. You know, I do this work with the guys I coach because I just think it's so important. You know, we do. Yeah. We did the above and below the line, which I think is just such a great concept to show you of how you exist in the world, and they love it. And they're sending me. You know, I'll show. They're sending me videos of experiences above and below the line, which is awesome. Yeah, I couldn't believe when I saw that. I was, uh, yeah, I was thinking, wow, I, I, they're that aware of themselves and how they're 17. behaving at that age. Yeah, like I just kind of, when I was that age, I just sort of picked up the pieces myself a bit later on and kind of, uh, yeah, hoped I hadn't put my foot in it too much. So t- to see them like instantly reacting and thinking, oh yeah, I saw what played out there. That was, yeah, that was interesting to see. I was, uh, yeah, quite quite inspired by by their attitude towards that that you'd managed to help them develop but um yeah like from it's not just the the subjects around sort of psychology or uh, behavior that that you can get takeaways from like that what we mentioned earlier the social media one we're probably going to have to do again like we we went through that topic in the middle of the podcast and i i think everyone took something away from it some people immediately wanted to change their habits i think someone in the group deleted their facebook yeah, for a while yeah, or one, put one blockers of the guys on in the group has now deleted his facebook from that discussion yeah yeah <laughs> talking about that with everyone you kind of yeah you, you got that real sense of um 
displeasure around the commitment that you feel you have to make to it nowadays and I took a lot away from that I went into my week afterwards like I've done little things like moved the Instagram app from where it used to be on my phone to another folder in the back because I figured that I actually developed a muscle memory to unlock yeah. my phone yeah click a folder and open it and before I even knew what I'd done Instagram was up on my phone in front of me and I was looking through it it was like it just happened so fast and by moving it to another page um I'd click open my phone swipe it up click the folder and then I'd miss <laughs> like I'd miss the app and then that would well, trigger in my head yeah then I'm like oh yeah that's choice do I want to do that I knew why I'd moved it and it yeah. took me back to that kind of that reasoning and and that had caused me to do that in the first place so that that's like it's funny that that really sums up being being self-aware it's like those little reminders throughout the week of you know why am I doing this like what am I trying to change here or uh, everything like that so it can it can come from that kind of uh, psychological technique or or behavioral technique or it can come from the the chat you've had about social media or alcohol or something like that. There'll be a yeah. drop of wisdom or something, something exciting that someone said of a different way of looking at something that you're like, you can really relate with maybe. And, and that can sort of sit with you through the week. I think I've heard some great lines out of the group and I've written a few of them down in my notes just to, just to remember like uh, in certain situations and things like that of like, yeah, like, that 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 came out then and you've got something to relate it back to and someone someone's voice to relate it back to as well so yeah like it's really the big thing that has changed in me is being sort of self-aware again and like understanding what I'm doing and how how I might have acted in a certain situation and why that was um and as soon as you can start doing that that starts to lay the foundations for for helping yourself develop things that serve you better and get rid of those that don't so yeah that's the interesting point there isn't it you know are the things we're doing in life actually serving us or not you know are we doing it because it's a habit because we haven't really thought about it or is what we're doing serving us and once you start to dial these things down and see whether they're serving you it's interesting those that are and those that aren't and you get to make a choice you can say i don't do that anymore that that doesn't work for me so let's kind of wrap this up now um what, what would you say to, you know, someone who's listening to this podcast, you know, may, may, you know, be thinking about joining one of our men's group, uh, one of our men's groups, you know, what would you say to them about any reticence that they might have or, uh, you know, I would give, say given your experience and, and how it's not, you know, maybe not what you thought or. Yeah one of the big things that people are afraid of is like you know like i don't really feel like i need it or i don't really think that i i want to participate to the full amount so i want to just sit in and watch or something like yeah. that yeah and like my advice to you would be you know everyone's joining that group at the same time everyone's going to be in a similar position in a similar boat the group's the confidence of the group will build as a group and you know like no one's gonna judge you it's that weird 
thing that you can't get outside of the group in so many situations. Like you're going to go in and it's going to be this open floor for everybody in there. And you know, that confidence will grow and build. So don't worry that the first week you don't want to tell everybody everything that you feel like you need to, because that is not how anyone else is likely to be feeling either. And 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 for us, we'll grow. Yeah. There's (laughs) time. Like, we've been going 20 weeks and there's still new things coming out every single week. It's, yeah. it's, it's brilliant in that way. And, you know, the people to, to say to the people who think that they, they don't need it, how do you know? Like, who's actually tried something like this before? It's such a, a rare thing. I don't think I'd really ever spoken to anyone who'd done something similar, or at least who had shared with me that they'd done something similar. Like if, if you've never it's still tried pretty rare for men to do this kind of work yeah. now, which is so sad to me because, you know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, guys have been doing this for centuries, mm. for eons. Um, and we've just forgotten it. It's like so many things. We just forgotten the, these ways of connecting, you know, as men now, how do we connect? We play sport with each other and we go to the, to the pub and we drink or we go to a bar and, you know, often young men will see other men as a means to go somewhere to do something, but there's no real connection. You know, you go in there because you want to meet girls. So you go to the bar with your mates because you want to meet girls, you know, and, and that deeper connection apart, you know, so, it, it, you know, the connection is usually very teasing that, you know, it, there's a lot of shame around it. You're very, afraid of being yourself because you you know there's a there's a chance that you're going to get shamed yeah um so so here's this opportunity to have this completely different type of connection with men like completely different type of connection yeah and i think as you said you know the guys coming into the group the feedback that i get from from the groups that i run is you know the men come to the group with some reticence it's like it's gonna get uncomfortable and scary and but they often know there's just something not quite right. You know, there's something like you said, you know, there's something you, you can't quite figure out what it is, but you need to say something. You don't know who to say it to. And, and I really want to, you know, offer this group for the kind of men that think, you know, typical, you know, masculine male men would call themselves macho, you know, play sports, uh, not particularly in touch with their emotional side yet would, you know, watch a rugby game or an American, you know, football game and start crying when, when the team wins, but don't yeah. know why, you know. Yeah. And um, that's, who, that's who I think this group is for. It's for those guys that know that there needs to be more in their life, but just don't know what that looks like. And, you know, with all the groups that we've run so far, I haven't yet had a guy where, you know, that, that after a couple of weeks, didn't bullet buy in full. You know, we have a couple that turn up, you know, week or two weeks and say, hey, this isn't for me. And that's cool. It, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be for everybody. But they get two or three weeks in and they're like, oh my, as you said earlier, you know, they're messaging me, telling me this is the highlight of the week. This is the thing they look forward to the most is getting 90 minutes where they get to be seen with no judgment because there's no agenda from the other guys. They don't need you to be something because you're not in a way you're not in their lives you know you're not you're not fulfilling a role you're not a you're not a son you're not a husband you're not a dad you're not a romantic partner you know you're not a colleague at work you're just a man and you can come with all of your glory all of your shit all of your happiness all of your sadness 
and the other guys just go, you're welcome here. And that's so rare for us to have a space where we're completely welcomed with no agenda, where somebody's not trying to make you be something different. Hmm. So, um, I've so, seen yeah, people from so many different backgrounds in Korea, like, like, like geography, you know, in like personality as well. People who you'd never normally put together on the street as, you know, mm-hmm. you'd assume would just be click and be, be friends and be able to speak to each other or anything. I've seen so many people from every different background come into it and all of them seem to take something away from it. Like it's, it's not something that's like tailor made for a certain kind of person and we're not gonna we're not gonna advertise it to certain kinds of people. It's gonna be for a man. And I think there's some people that it might be a bigger step to make to join than others. But I honestly think once you make that step and actually see what it's about and embrace it fully when you're in there, which it will help you to do, the group will help you to do, like you, you won't look back. As you said earlier, it's it's almost shocking how fast like people really start to share stuff. And, you know, I've also noticed guys, you know, who, who weren't sharing stuff in the beginning, like a few weeks later, put their hand up and go, Hey, you know what? I didn't, I wasn't truthful then. You know, I didn't really share my real stuff. I held back and now, now I want to share now, now because they feel comfortable doing it. And, and they know that, you know, as you say, they've seen other guys share stuff and they're like, Hey, this is okay for me to do this. It's just this amazingly powerful thing about it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your sexuality. It doesn't matter your religion. It doesn't matter your philosophical, God, I can't say the word, philosophical views. No, none of that matters. You come to the group, you are just Ryan and I am just Lee. And all of those titles, layers, bullshit gets shared. And it's like, right, I'm just going to turn up and let's just see who I am today. And these guys are just going to look back at me and go, hey, Lee, tell us your story today. And that's it. And then, you know, it's up to me and you to facilitate these groups that allow the movement to keep going, to to that growth to keep going, the sharing to keep going. And, you know, we provide a lot of guidance and a lot of mentoring and support and also the group provides a lot of that. And there's a lot of wisdom just by getting 10 blokes together. You get 10 men together and stuff is going to get shared and people are going to learn. And, you know, all of the challenging is done in love. You know, it's not, I haven't yet seen a guy in our group trying to win an argument, you know, and, and that's so rare. Like you get 10 yeah. guys together, we would be discussing, you know, training or we'd be discussing politics and immediately somebody would be trying to win an argument and we don't have that like everybody that's offering something is generally offering just their viewpoint and their experience in the world to you to see how it fits for you and you can go hey that doesn't fit for me and i've not seen a guy take offense to that yet everyone's like hey this is your experience it's it's quite magical almost yeah well we're all there for a reason we're all we all want to be better people yeah uh, it's rare that you find someone that doesn't. And, you know, when, when you all take that attitude into the group you, and, you, and you know that everybody else has that too, you can be so, you can take on any constructive criticism that comes on knowing that it's come from the right place. Yeah. 
and you know if someone else in the group might not agree with the person i wouldn't even call it criticism it's just feedback it's yeah feedback yeah like we'll start we'll say can i offer something yes and you know that like i don't think anyone said no like everyone but, but wants to you have the to choice hit. to. You can yeah. say no, you know? Yeah. You can say no, you can pass. You still have that space and that's okay. But people want to hear. People yeah. want to hear like words of wisdom. They want to hear maybe a different perspective or understand a different viewpoint or how it comes across to someone else if it's something that they're dealing with. Or... I've seen guys in the group that, you know, in, in our friendship outside of the group with some of the people that I've known from before uh, that would be more defensive in our friendship. And then suddenly they get into the group and the magic of the group is that they see everybody else open and willing and, and curious and it makes them much more curious because yeah. Yeah. they don't feel they have to defend a position anymore. It's like, I can be curious about this and I, you can take it on board or you don't take it on board. There's no expectation from the other guys that you have to do what they've said. You know, they're just offering something and you get to accept it or you get to to let it drop, it's okay. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you like what we do, please engage with us at Empower Therapy and Coaching on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, or check out our website, empowertherapyandcoaching.com. Please tell us what topics you'd like us to cover who you would like to see us interview and any suggestions you have for the show. To work with us, email info at empowertherapyandcoaching.com. We look forward to hearing from you.